Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode seven of the Archaeologist Digest podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I am your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of experienced players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call out our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Grubbard. Name's Grubbard, about 951 hours on Ark. Hillers. Hello, 3,400. Leg Day. Hey, hey, 1,400 hours. Shovel. I am Shovel, and I have an 1,100 hours. Spark Wolf. Hi, this is Spark Wolf, and I got 1,440 Jerboas and counting. Super Melon. <laughs> My name's Melon Man, and I'm on your 1,700 hours now, I believe. And Trog. You know who it is. 1,729 right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> now I'd like to thank you guys for joining us tonight. And before we get to the main topic, we're going to do a quick rundown of some of the updates that have occurred since last week. Um, one of the things was the fact that Home and Rockets now have a max targeting range of 6,800 units and can be distracted by nearby flares. Now, Zach, you were supposed to test this out. Were you able to? Uh, negative. Ah. Uh, so we have yet to see how effective that is. Didn't you uh, shoot a rocket at Shovel? No, he no. faked it. No, that was a flare. <laughs> oh, oh, faking it, faking it. Everyone knows now. Uh, another change that was made, uh, plant species Y now has 300% larger activation radius. It kills its victims faster, lasts longer, degrades and pierces a victim's armor more, and can now only be damaged by flame or explosives. I mean, we still have yet to have any real use for the plant Ys. It just needs to actually be a plant that grows up, or else it's kind of useless. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it extensively used, to be honest, yet. Yeah. To me, it seems more for attacking than they are for defending, because their countdown on how long they'll actually stay out there as a trap is still really low. Like, even though they buffed them, they still go down really quickly. To me, they're very aggressive tools for raiding. You basically... Let's say you're going to set up a fob or you're trying to bait somebody to come out of their base. You throw down some plant wise real quick, bait them, you run off, get them to chase you, and then next thing you know, they run into the plant wise, get caught, and then they become very easy prey at that point. It's like having a mobile bear trap that is quite cheap and very yeah. cost effective. Indeed. And uh, one other final thing that really caught my attention was the whip now has 40% chance to disarm up from 25%. So it makes it more effective. Oh, that's all. truly be Indiana Jones now. I need still not what it needs to be. more effective? Yeah, I was going to say, it only took like two hits from me with a whip and I would be able to whip tools out of people's hands, no problem. It's one of those items I feel is going to end up being really, really trolly. Like, I'm yet to actually see someone use it in combat, but I know as soon as I go up against one it's just gonna make me rage oh oh spark and i have already. oh yeah i i with my speed build uh whenever we went to battle it out with burnouts that was one of my favorite things to do was run around the whip uh one guy came after us with a whip i whipped the whip out of his hand and then whipped the pike and sword from him as well so one of the guys whipped my rifle out of rush. my hands equipped it and <laughs> the time it took him to equip it i punched him in the face <laughs> until he went down nice. <laughs> just wait until you can dual wield both that and a club Oh, God. Ooh. Or that, or, well, no, it'd have to be a club. Club is one-handed while the boomerang counts as two, which I don't understand how that worked. All right, so the the past couple of weekends, we've seen um, Studio Wildcard enact the X2 weekend, or double experience, double taming time, or half the time of tamings, I should say. Uh, double harvesting for the official servers. This has been rather successful and pretty popular, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. As long as yeah, every once yeah. in a while. I, I say keep it on the weekends. 
Oh, yeah. Two. I hit a yeah. rock. Yes. I hit two rocks instead of one. It's right. Good. You know, I was going to ask, should this be a regular event or, you know, something once a month, done once a month? I I think it should be every other weekend, personally. Uh, Every every other weekend, just because this is one of those games you play regularly, Uh, it's not a game that you just pick up and you put down instantaneously, you can pick right back up and nothing's changed. Yeah. Uh, This game is continuously changing, so, you know, it's not something you're just going to give up entirely if you're going to be playing regularly. I don't feel the double weekends really hurt anyone like if you're active at the time like you're going to be taking advantage of it anyway so no one's really going to be like pushed to the back it'll make it easier for lower end tribes to get raiding gear together and um troll servers but that's the only real issue i see with it monday mornings yeah <laughs> actually no i don't work mondays i could do that that's fine for me <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah I already, the heck with you melon so i, I guess have the question is x2 is great overall but does it Give alpha tribes or power tribes a really huge advantage over the smaller guys or their enemies, let's say, uh, the, for example. The alpha tribes are already no. going to be alpha I tribes. Mean, you can't yeah. really stop them. Alpha's yeah, always it, got a little bit of an advantage, right? This is just mm-hmm. one other thing. It's not. I mean, the biggest thing about being an alpha tribe is you have a, a pre-established infrastructure. Well, you're just going to get more out of it that way. Period. Well, yep. I think it's mainly beneficial to whoever happens to be on. Uh, yeah, the alpha tribe might be in control of a server, but. No, if they're not really on or if they only have one member, they can't really do much. Whereas if you just pop on, get a low level Anki real quick, you know, do that day one, day two, start moving into metal, you got double XP, so it wouldn't take you too long to do that, get a few drops. You'd be able to build yourself a reliable metal base very quickly with auto turrets to be able to protect yourself because it wouldn't take you too long. Yeah. The bottom line is the double tame speed is double tame speed. Oh, yeah. That's freaking awesome. I mean, it's a t- this is a tough game for guys like me to play because it's hard to get like you know twenty four contiguous hours to tame something. So I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the time to bring down some golems because otherwise mm. it's like oh well, I can't do this Indeed, I'll take a thirty minute, thirty minute, thirty hour tame for seventeen dollars, please. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> There, there's an idea offering our services to tame a high level dino for a certain amount of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, really? All the dung beetles they want. I can Just there, when we say for a certain amount of money, we mean in game. <laughs> now, dude, talking about tame and dinos, you know, leads us right into our main topic for this week, which is baby raising and imprinting. AKA why the arc devs hate people with jobs. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> already, I am already tired when I get here. There's not a moment I'm playing this game where I am not tired. Second and job. having to sit here. Yeah, it's basically the uh, the only second job you'll ever play where you don't actually get paid to do it. <laughs> now, we, we've been pushing this topic off for the past couple of weeks because there's the DDoS and mercenaries we had to deal with, and there's the offline raid where we've been taken care of. But, uh, we're finally doing this topic, and I'd like to give a shout to Mad Dog from Tribe the Men, who was asking about this particular topic. Now, I guess the, the first question I should ask you guys, when is it a good idea to hatch a baby dino and raise them? When you have an insurmountable time to be able to put into the game. I would say definitely after you get a good night's rest, because you don't want to go to sleep or dip off until the baby is at least. So you got to at least make it through that first section, because during that time, you're just putting meat constantly into its I, I still remember back when we hatched, like, uh, the baby thing had just come out and they fixed the feeding timer somewhat, where they actually didn't die instantly. And I was, was staying up all night, keep, like, ten babies fed and alive and leaving every 45 minutes because they kept eating through all the meat. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's 100... still it's still not that great though, honestly. One hundred percent. There's no good time to hatch eggs unless you have prepared yourself in advance. Mm -hmm. like, All you need without is without preparation, you are always going to have trouble with baby raising. And if you don't have an excess of time for at least two or three days uh, with a couple of tribe members to help, you are going to have a rough time with it. Right. Oh, it's yeah. not really content and for solo players. It gets even worse when you add in the imprinting factor. Or not mm -hmm. just that, but like think about pterodons, jerboas, uh, dodos, any dino that has really abysmal health pools to begin with, and you try to raise one, you're going to have to put up with the fact that the moment it's born, you can't sit there and name it. Don't, you don't have time to actually name it. You have time to click cancel on that and immediately start putting uh, food into its inventory, or else it's just immediately going to starve to death. You basically had to slam food into the mouth, scream at it, EAT THE FOOD! EAT THE FOOD! <laughs> Either that or scream really loudly at it, Hey, welcome to ARK, it's called Survival Evolved. Evolved. And if you're raising a baby, don't put it in the area where there's auto-turrets <laughs> or X-Man seeds. It will just explode, bro. Uh, I caught some of that action earlier. <laughs> Okay, so obviously you're going to need a block of time for this, depending on what kind of dino you want to tame. You know, for example, what's one of the easier ones? Like a Dilo? Oviraptor only takes like takes two hours. Takes, 20 hours total from incubation to full, full maturity. And that's one of the easiest ones to take care of. Monkeys are pretty easy. Or the Methapithecus. Yeah, but the problem with the mammals is that you can't put the egg on you know like with the egg layers you, you can put the egg on ice if you're not ready to incubate it mammals once you impregnate the female you can't stop it it's going to happen yeah. Yeah. you got to roll out with the prick out yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> now um we know you need a lot of time dedicated to this but when should somebody take the time to actually create an egg between two parents what are what kind of traits do they need or the good stats you know, these are th things that they have to be aware of as well, because since this is such a long process, you better have a good gene pool to work with, right? Good health and memory oh, yeah. seems to always be a well, good bet. My goal, and we 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 use, and uh, I I wish I knew the uh, creator of this app, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sh uh, shout it out. Arc Smart Breeding is quite possibly the most useful tool I have ever found in this game. Also, one that's good for just quick use in case you want to know like a uh, kibble and how much kibble you're gonna need and things of that nature. Another good one to use that I find using whenever I just want some quick information would be Dodo Dex. Yeah. Dodo Dex is pretty helpful with that. It's Dodo a Dex is a phone app. Uh, our smart breeding you have to ha you have to use on your you have to get on your computer. Exactly. So it's it's kind of a toss up. Both are good in their own respects. It, I will admit Dodo Dex isn't exactly a hundred percent accurate. It doesn't have the long term features that uh, our smart breeding has, but it is definitely much more useful. Right in mid sense. Yeah, and we'll Sorry be sure to include the uh, links to these sites and programs in the description later on. Did we already cover the uh, point system? We have not. Uh, but that's why I mentioned this, is part of the reason why you use a stat calculator, such as uh, the, uh, uh, such as uh, Smart Breeder, is because it'll tell you how many of its wild, the animal's wild levels were spent and where they were spent. You can even exactly. do this to one you have tamed for a long time, which is one of the reasons I like it so much. Right. Well, so, they, people can also go to the arcgamepedia.com as well. <laughs> which isn't accurate. And Dodo Dex does it as well. They're, they're, it's a slightly different under, system. It consistently overestimates the melee, but... Well, it's a different system, I found out. they there's That's the reason why I say theirs is slightly off. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's wiki-based, so it there is a chance of it 
you know, being messed up a little bit. Right. But it's decently accurate, at least to give you a good idea of, okay, does this one have really good high HP or does it have abysmal HP? What uh, we consider as... our prime breeders is basically anything that has a, uh, is if one of the, uh, one of its stats, and eventually you'll get to the point in a breeding line where even food and oxygen are vital because yep. it'll push up its, its base level higher and higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And you'll get, you'll get our, less Our prime points. breeders, 30 levels into a stat. The farther yep. above 30, the better. Yep. And that will also make it to where you have less levels spent into movement speed. All right. Uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't know about is when the dinos level up, sometimes they do get wasted points. And the wasted points go into movement speed. The bad thing is their movement speed is always going to be base movement speed when you tame them. So it's called wasted points. Why they do that, I don't know. But... That is a thing. So you're not going to go out there and find, you know, a dino that has 20 points spent into movement speed, and it actually has 20 points spent into movement speed. If that was the case, I'd be hunting around for a Dodicarus that had at least 30 points put into movement speed, because I want Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the important things to know when you're, when you're picking your breeding lines, only the levels at taming, in other words, it's wild levels plus any bonus levels you got from whatever taming method you used, kibble giving the most, obviously, only how those points are spent matter for the purpose of breeding. Anything that you've spent through XP earned using the dino, it doesn't matter for breeding. Neither does any imprinting bonus, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, mm -hmm. a good when, tip is for when you're you've tamed your dino and they just came, they've just been tamed. Take a quick screenshot of its stats, label it correctly, and then just refer to it when you're ready to breed. Yep. Or we um, first use, start a, uh, use some kind of indexing program. Yeah. Now to cover the other part of what Rico touched on is actual raising of baby dinos, and you get the imprinting bonus, where your stats increase by X amount for each imprinting you do. If you get 100%, I believe across the board, you'll see a 20%, 30% increase on stats. The only times those stats will affect breeding are the stats before you start imprinting. So the moment the baby's born, before you do the first imprinting, those are what the stats are for that breeding bloodline. Yeah. So that's the reason why how we know, okay, now that we've got that, we've actually been able to rebreed our, uh, some of our dinos that have already been bred that are imprinted, but they had the points already from our previous bloodline. So we were still able to get really good bloodlines going from dinos that we had already imprinted. Yep. Now, it's funny because herbivores are very easy to raise. You just quickly go outside your base, hit a couple bushes, you got plenty of berries. Carn carnivores, on the other hand... <laughs> There's only a finite amount of resources, and when baby raising was first implemented, there were no gigas. Oh, yeah. Spinos were your best friend. Spinos. Oh, oh dear God. The gigas awake. Not only were there no gigas, but the oh, feeding, no. rate, feeding rate was outrageously high, and you could oh, barely keep yeah. even two babies alive. Honestly, and a lot of people thought it was just straight raw meat right off the bat. They didn't know about the fact that the babies would also eat cooked meat. Uh, Which does it, provide less food, but it lasts longer. It lasts longer, but it also stretches out the time that the baby's going to be growing. Because it's going to take the baby longer to eat the cooked meat. Actually, it doesn't take them any longer to eat it. They just eat it. Uh, they just eat more of it. But the, how much it lasts, it's useful for getting across the night. You just need to load them up with more than you would raw, but because more of the raw will go bad over the course of the night, because if it's shorter decay scale, Net gain. it ends up being more useful to load them up with the cooked meat if you're going to have to log off for a long period of time. Also, when you're logged off for a long period of time, you have the advantage of the stasis effect. Yes. Stasis is anytime you leave your base or... Basically, it's render distance. Yeah. 
anytime you're away from base and everything else, uh, basically outside of render distance, dinos go into what they call a stasis. Now, wild dinos will still continuously keep moving, even though you're not near uh, near them. That's just how they are. They naturally wander about. But in your base, though, when you leave your base, they go into basically almost like a freeze animation. And their food stats will decrease at a much slower rate. That's the reason why oftentimes whenever you find a uh, base that has not been used for, let's say, a week, two weeks, <clears throat> the dinos will still look pretty good as long as they've got a pretty good food stat. The herbivores especially, because uh, because of how decay, decay timers operate with stacks. Brontos are probably the most notorious for that because their freaking food pool is can, ridiculous. Starve, it, it takes them a week to starve to death, so probably longer than a week, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know, because we used to find uh, Kex's creatures long after they should have been starved to death. Well, oh, sure. yeah, his freaking uh, birds up near world height where they were in stasis nonstop because no one was any ever anywhere near them. Mm -hmm. yep. I found uh, Bastardos Quetz two, three months after they were off the server at World Height. It was looking bloody, but it, like, I don't know. They wow, just seem really? to consume next to nothing when they're in stasis. I hadn't heard that story. Yeah, putting your dinos in stasis is a very good uh, strategy to do if you're raising a bunch of babies or really tough, difficult ones like Quetzals and Rexes that consume a lot of meat. A uh, good idea, especially if you're a well-put-together group and you have control over a decent-sized area. Leaving render distance is actually pretty easy. Yeah. So a good idea is to build a secondary, well-defended base because the babies cannot defend themselves. So make sure it's very well defended. But you can easily build something on, let's say, the other side of your base that you don't really go near. So it's got cobwebs and everything else there. And use that as a stasis portion of your base or a separate building altogether that's within your area of control and everything else that you can turn into a stasis base. As long as you're not within render distance, you're good. And then all you got to do is just go back over there, I'd say... When they're real young, every 15 minutes. When they get older, 30 minutes, and it'll increase as it goes. Indeed. So, baby raisins is in itself a chore, but imprinting a dino is the newest thing that was oh. implemented into baby raisin. And let's ask right off the bat, is imprinting a dino worth it? Uh, for, for I would say for certain dinos, it's very well worth it. Your if you harvest to live, yes. Your harvesters, hands down, as soon as you can, and as soon as you got like a decent couple of dinos, a male and female, Anklo, right off the bat, Doty, Argents, Pterodons, anything that's very useful that you're going to use regularly. Dinos, I don't recommend breeding and imprinting all that much. Dodos, Dillos, things you of know, that nature. You can't ride it imprinting mm -hmm. is um, only going to boost their, stat, their useful stats. That, that's going to give you the rider bonus, which is a huge, another huge benefit. Right, but we're talking about just stats-wise, like what to prioritize first. And I would say, mm -hmm. hands down, your harvesters, because they're going to be the most useful. They're going to allow you to get more resources at a faster rate. Uh, in turn, they get a natural boost to their uh, movement speed when you're imprinting. They get a 20% increase to their movement speed, so base movement speed plus 20 points into it, basically, if you want to go that route. Overall, like to put it in good perspective, uh, my Anklo. Uh, Ankle came from our bloodline, comes out with really good stats. It's not even done leveling yet, and I'm already pushing 600 melee on it and can literally break apart solid metal nodes with one hit. Right. That in itself is almost to the point of the soft cap of resource gathering. Once you hit 650, you 
on a melee on a dino, you've pretty much hit the soft, what they call the soft cap for uh, resource gathering. You can't really get too much more from the resource nodes when you hit them after that point. You might be able to get a little bit more here and there, but it's going to be up to random chance. So having a dino that's up that point means that I can go out and hit one mountain with my anklo and come back with a great amount of metal that would equal me having to run that same anklo uh, without that good stats to all the different mountains as well as the river rocks and everything else in order to uh, try and get that same amount of metal. It is ridiculously stupid how useful that is. Yeah. Uh, milk's about to go bad. I'm going to use it to feed the uh, feed the wyverns. Oh, good. So uh, for those who are unaware listening to this podcast, imprinting is essentially... You interact with your the baby dino in three different ways. You can might have to take it out for a walk. You can cuddle 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 it, which you just simply press E, or you have to feed it a particular type of kibble it might ask for. And when you do this, it, your the stats will be increased by a certain percentage. It's always dimorphodon kibble. <laughs> Actually, my anklo. The, the funny thing is, it'll ask for a random kibble. And the funny thing is, I don't know if they fixed it. But a lot of our dinos happen to be, you know, a little bit on the odd side because they seem to ask for the kibble that comes from their own species, which does not make mm-hmm. me feel the warm and fuzzies for how that dino is. Exactly. They're just like, eat them to gain their strength. Baby cannibals. Okay, so, um, yeah, imprinting. Once you imprint it the first time, it, the timer resets to anywhere from three hours to four hours during each interval. Oh, uh, help you so, in this one. Yeah, exactly. If you want 100%. That little girl won't give me more than a three-hour 30 uh, timer. <laughs> but yeah, Well, with the, get... longer, with the longer ones, you, get, you do have a grace period. They did give us that. With the, lar- the longer ones, like, say, for Gigas, they take a week to raise. You do have a little bit of a grace period. It's not much, but it does save you some of the insanity of having to be awake every three hours or four hours to raise them. So if you miss one or two with the larger dinos that take longer, all well and good. I wouldn't do that with pterodons because of how short theirs is, because theirs only takes, I think, about a day. Two days. Yeah, so if you miss one on that, you're not going to get 100%. But on the larger ones, the Gigas, Quetzals anything of that nature, you can still get 100%, even if you do miss one, maybe two, but it's still not completely forgiving. Like, it, it's still, it's going to be hard to get 100% on those dinos, if you best, want to try it. Uh, my best suggestion to smaller tribes who are trying to do imprinting on dinos is to do one at a time. If one person is trying to imprint on more than one dino at a time, you are going to have a really bad time if you're going for that 100%, because when you go for that 100%, they're not going to set the same time as every time. So you might get a two-hour timer, uh, two-and-a-half-hour timer on one, and then the other one might be um, bloody three hours or three-and-a-half hours. It's going to disrupt your sleep, and you're going to be sad. Yep. Yeah, or go completely crazy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, 100% imprinting also gives you not only higher stati- uh, stats for your dino, it gives the rider who imprinted them, what is it, 30% damage reduction and 30% increased damage? Uh, correct. Also, your uh, stamina will in- refill faster. You don't wear it out as fast. Also, don't lose as much food when you're also doing it as well. So there, there, it's a lot like putting points into fortitude on your actual player character. Mm-hmm. It gives you uh, some hidden boosts that you can't really see. So I do like the fact that whenever you do hop on your imprinted dino, 
it does give you like the little bro fist icon up in the upper corner that lets you know, hey, this is your dino that you've imprinted on. This is, you know, basically the evidence of your hard work into the game. So, yeah. Uh, 100% you get a 30% increase, but if you do not reach 100%, you don't get the full 30%. You'll get, like, a reduced amount. So if you got, like, 90%, it could be, like, 28%, which yeah. is still nice and decent. But, you know, it's always better to try and strive for the maximum if you can. Suffice to say, an imprinted dino versus a regular raised dino imprinted is usually going to win all the time. Oh, imprinting yes. is so much more superior that damage reduction and damage boost just can't be beaten. Yeah. On dinos yeah, of equal so strength, yeah, which unfortunately means the larger your win. tribe is, especially if your tribe is big enough and you're to, you've been together long enough that you trust each other with with each other's game information. Yeah, your you're Steam gonna accounts. that's gonna give you basically your, your tribe being tight like that. You will be able to overpower larger and more equipped tribes. With enough dedication and time. Yep, but if you don't have... It's like they said, you're going to have to have a lot of trust in your uh, tribe mates for that. Because, uh, I mean, you're giving away your personal information just to yeah. make sure... The launch codes are mine now. <laughs> <laughs> we will change all your Steam pictures to tentacles. So, uh, Zach, you were one of the of two players in our tribe who 100% imprinted a Giga. Now, mm-hmm. how well worth it was it for you? It was extremely worth it. Uh, it increase the health pool from the average 25,000 to a bit over 40,000. Uh, we got around over, I think, almost twice the amount of melee and a lot more stam and weight. And it was strong enough to take on a titan, one versus one. Yeah, you didn't need a quest to beat it or anything. Get off your drag, get off there and 1v1 me. But yeah, now, if you had the dedication and time to do it, it's well worth it. Yeah. You know, though, I will say as a game mechanic, I don't really appreciate it, to be honest. I, I kind of wish it was a little bit more of a fun thing as opposed to an endurance thing. Yeah. Ugh, it, yeah. Does, it also very much detracts from the, like I said, if you if you don't have the kind of group where you've either been, you've either all real-life friends and going into it together, or you've been with that group long enough and you trust everyone in it as much as you trust people you know in your real life or more, you're going to be able to have the level of teamwork necessary to do, you know, a three, four, seven-day t- uh, imprinting and get 100%. Well, yeah. now that but we, if you don't have yeah. that, you're not going to be able to... Uh, it's unlikely you'll be, able to, uh, you'll be able to do it. And more importantly, it really... Because of the way the te- it works on an individual level, it kind of takes away from the teamwork aspect that you need for the rest of the game. Imprinting is also highly recommended for den- uh, settleless denos. Like the oh, very ones. much so. Because it's like a prim to settle. Because prim usually gives 25% armor reduction for damage reduction. Indeed. Um, so I was able to imprint our Rexes to 100%, and it made quite a bit of a difference. Uh, an extra 2,500 health. How many imprinted Rexes would it take to uh, take on a Giga? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something I wanted to it. test out. Unfortunately, did that uh, the offline raid last week, they were killed. One of the uh, few of the... Oh, it's down. There's also the fact that uh, Gigas, um, have, I mean, the bigger something is, the quicker a Giga will make it fall. Yeah. Bill Alsaurus is I really wanted to give them a test run, see how well they would do. But I'm raising a few new ones now, so we'll see. Now, there, there's one little dirty trick when it comes to raising babies that allies can do to each other. Now, allies can prevent, or unless it's been changed, prevent those babies from going into stasis, right? Correct. Because yep. they can get close to your base because to put dinos into stasis, they have to be 
out of player distance. That includes all players. So if you do have enemies or, you know, frenemies, you know, you have a healthy respect for each other, but you're still enemies. Yeah. You could sit inside your rival enemies, uh, render distance and keep those baby dinos rendered in. They're going to go through their food faster. Uh, it's overall going to ruin a lot for that, but it's only going to ruin the stasis part. It's not going to ruin the whole thing. Yep. So, you know, overall, it's still one of those. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, you can mess with the tribe, but, you know, if they're actually on their A game, all you're going to make them do is make them go on more meat runs or more berry runs. Also, they'd probably crush your head in when they found you messing with the babies. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sorry, but if anybody had messed with my baby Anki when I was raising it, I would have taken a rocket launcher out for that. You don't mess with people's children. No, exactly. Now, let, let's talk about egg incubation because mammals, you get them pregnant. That's it. You just got to wait for the baby to pop out. Egg incubation, you've got to keep them at a certain temperature, whether because if it's too hot or too cold, the egg loses health and can eventually be destroyed if you let it deteriorate. Yep. So our particular strategy is to just make a bunch of AC units, make them in a, like a square or partial square and just dump the eggs inside and let them incubate. Right. Uh, ultimately you want about, I want to say anywhere from six to eight air conditioners. I think eight is the preferred number, but again, that's going to come down to what you're capable of. You might have to subsidize with fire pits, standing torches, anything that gives off heat, uh, forges matters too, right? Yeah. The biome you live in as well does matter, make a difference. Six to eight is good for, you know, the regular biomes in on the Island. But if you're in the snow biome, you're going to need a lot more. I'd say what? 12 Uh, snow biome. Yes. But it also depends on how you put them. Like you said, we put them in a square pattern. Plus, uh, contrary to popular belief, we did test it where the vents are on the uh, AC unit, where mm-hmm. it actually you know blows out the little bit of smoke that you see from the uh, animation, that's where it produces the most of its uh, basically insulation, the high insulation right. uh, that you can get. So if you position them where they're all side by side in a square and just leave the center open with all the vents facing towards the center as much as possible, you'll actually get the most that you can for insulation that way. Wow, didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it's honest, I didn't know that either. I guess central uh, central air is a little too hard, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, we we talk we go to the scorched earth expansion a little harder to keep eggs incubated over there because of the generators constantly being repaired, and if or being knocked out during a, a storm or heat waves or like heat even, waves. Yeah, even the, even dinos that prefer the heat, like they do, need a large amount of heat in order to keep uh, egg temperature or their eggs in the uh, perfect zone for a. Uh, raising you still are going to end up running into the issue of the fact that okay it's going to get too hot for them right it's a good thing the... they don't have central air i mean we already got pipes and respawn and apparently he got killed oh god how all right i don't know poison wyvern killed him just popped across the screen Oof. thanks for okay, catching that so Rico. obviously another thing is make sure you have plenty of meat at the very beginning when you have to stay there with them when they've just been born and hand feed them for the most part yeah, also okay. have multiple troughs built so when they're juvenile they can just eat from the trough also another tip that a lot of people don't think about reposition your other dinos yes so they're not eating out of that same trough like it, okay if you're raising a herbivore it's fine to have meat eaters there meat eaters nearby because guess what the meat eaters aren't going to be eating the berries but if you have unless meat you're eaters, a bear uh, unless, and but here's the thing though: Omnivore. if you're raising omnivores or uh, another meat eater, you don't want to put meat eaters next to the food troughs that the babies mm-hmm. are eating out of, because then you're going to run out of a lot more food. Again, that's something dealt with space, but 
if you can manage it, really recommend it because it's going to save you a lot on the food bill and keep you from having to constantly go out the gate to go get more meat or berries. On a stasis base. So let's move on to the wyvern because this is there are similar elements to raising them, but rather than feeding them meat, you got to feed them milk. And the problem with that is the only way you can get milk is either killing an alpha wyvern or knocking out a wild female wyvern. Who's very appreciative of it. She will just give you free hugs all day long for it. <laughs> I suppose once you tame a wyvern, it just spits up the crop sack. It's deep in its gullet. It just can't make that milk anymore. Can't handle it. Yeah, that's the thing. When you fi- successfully raise a female wyvern, it's not going to produce any milk. At least, not, have no not nipples. From, at least not <laughs> from our current test. Now, there is still the theory, and it's still a viable theory, about the fact that, okay, the reason why the females might not is because they don't have a male there of the same type. Because, okay. you know, a, a female poison wyvern, it might only produce milk if there's a male poison wyvern nearby. From a game per- a mechanic perspective, I understand why they did it that way, though. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. breed a fire with a poison. That's just not going to work. You're not going to be able to get the, you know, a nice hybrid that That'd way or anything. That would be so cool, though. Oh, God, yes, because then I could get my perfect color scheme, green, black, and purple. I would just bring a lightning <laughs> with a freaking poison wyvern and call myself good. Heck of fire. Who needs fire? Give me lightning. Give me poison. Yep. And the problem with this is that you got to feed them, especially when they're young, every hour, every couple hours. And the wyverns, with the exception of the, the wild female wyverns, only give four or five milk. Uh, five milk. Five milk. And, and it only takes once every hour. hour. Yeah, yep. every hour. Whereas the alpha wyvern drops how much? 20? 50. 50. 50. Which is enough to feed a whole brood and also give you enough to actually hold over, but you do have the degrade time. We have exactly. preserving the other salts. Problem. Preserving salts and spark powder. Uh, in a preserving bin, we'll extend it out, I think, a few more hours. I think it's but... two hours and 45 minutes. You also exactly. need to have preserving salts on you as well when you take the milk off of the wyvern. Correct. Right. you know, putting them on the fridge would have been too useful. Yes, no, apparently Who baby wyverns don't. Who puts milk in the fridge? Come on now. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody loves lukewarm milk. It's got to be room temperature or no temperature at all. <laughs> so frozen? So suffice to say, it's very, very difficult to raise a wyvern. I would say I would say if you're going to do it, a again get a group. Honestly, if you don't have a group and you're solo playing, unless you are playing offline and you've got the rates increased or something of that nature, you really don't want to play around with raising dinos. Get yourself a group together. That's going to be your first mission. Uh, as far as the wyverns go, I would say if you your first batch do one, maybe two wyverns. If you got a choice on wyverns, go for fire mm-hmm. because the fire one would allow you to kite the alpha wyvern a lot easier. Since its breath attack is fire, so it's immune right. to fire and there's damage. Never, uh, there's never a raging debate between which one's better, the fire or the lightning. Well, <laughs> lightning does more damage, but the fire is fireproof. I was going to say fire because fire, man. You know, you got to fight fire I don't know, fire. because that, that lightning attack drains the stamina as well. Yeah, true, but with an alpha wyvern, you can't knock them out. Yeah, true, true. Eh, well, I mean, if you got a good, a big group and you raise in batches, eventually you'll be able to have multiple dragons of your own, so who the hell cares? <laughs> At least yeah, when you've got a much. group. Oh, now, yes, for us, we have uh, two different methods for collecting milk. One is kiting an alpha wyvern into a tur- bunch of turrets and killing it with that. The second is kiting a wyvern into a pen to lock it in there. And we keep one of our accounts in a small little base right next to it so it doesn't despawn so we can act, you know, milk it every hour or so. 
Yeah, because the funny thing about them is, uh, normally a wild dino does not magically despawn because you leave the area. You can leave the area, come back, and there's a good chance it's probably still there. It just might have. I don't think it despawns, but I think the uh, structure disappears and it wanders off. I don't think that's the case because even then, like we've put wild dinos inside pens, like heck. Take for instance the beaver holder I've built Arthos for the community project, where we can put the beavers in there. You can collect the beaver dams. Without having to worry about too much about getting hit by beavers, just simply doing doorways around it. So you can walk in, collect, you know, from the beaver dam and carry on. You know, first come, first serve. Those beavers stay inside that holding cell for them. They don't despawn out of it. I mean, Sean could attest, though, that the other day we were walking around in the desert and I walked a little bit too far away from the trap itself after he went to the desert looking for vultures. And when we came back, the same one we had trapped was magically outside of it after it yes. unrendered. That's the only weird. reason it was still around was it was attacking the uh, buildings nearby. We got really lucky that it stayed around. Well, there is another reason why they despawn so quickly, too. Ceilings. Yep. If, it, if you have a foundation and a ceiling above it, whether it be pillar walls or uh, regular walls, regular building or anything like that, you put a wild dino inside anything that has a ceiling and it's considered a house at that point, it will despawn. So that's probably another reason why we can't keep a wyvern inside that holding pen because it has ceilings across the top of it. That in itself prevents the, uh, makes it to where the moment we're outside of render distance, it's counted as a house and the wyvern despawns out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very annoying to say the least. Indubitably. Well, why didn't they do that with Allosaurus, man? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's not even get started about Allosaurus because those glitchy things, they're wonderful to look at, but. God help you if they get inside your base. They they will destroy everything. Indeed. So yeah, they're like Carnos, definitely useful. worth it. <laughs> yeah, raising dinos is potentially worth it so long as you've got the good stats. It really isn't worth raising a dino if you're not going to even imprint it. If you don't have the good stats to make it worth your while, unless you just need like egg bearers. Right. Which, if you're going for that route, you don't have to worry too much about imprinting, honestly. You just don't want to waste the time of going out there and sitting with a tame for long hours. It's one of those, okay, I got it up to juvenile, okay, now you can just eat out a trough. Here, have fun. Don't care. <laughs> go, just go. Here, here's the child support money, just go. I'm <laughs> wanting every second day of the month. Now, I started raising vultures and imprinting them, and unlike uh, regular carnivores which need meat or the wyverns which need milk. Vultures, they need spoiled meat, so I had to make sure I had plenty of spoiled meat to raise these guys. Oh, not yes. have a lot of You do not have a lot of luck. And even though, <laughs> even though, even though uh, they won't get the, uh, the rider buff and everything else from having an imprinted vulture, it's still good to have because A, they're going to get the increased stats, and for oh, a yes. base defender or attacker or anything of that nature... It's very useful. So, like, dimorphodons are good to do that with. Vultures are exceedingly good to do that with. Again, it comes down to what you're willing to do. Though, I will say this much, and it's stupid how it's set up, never do that with a copy. It is retarded, the fact that it takes you four (laughs) days, four days to raise a copy. Are you kidding me? They They have the exact same timer as a Rex. That's the same as a Wyvern. That must that must be super strong, then. No, they're not. Not really. They oh, super fast. The in groups, they actually are. If you've got a large enough group of them, they are actually really nasty. Burn all the babies. But still, four days to raise them. Like I can understand two. I can Out understand two. Sources take a lot shorter time I, than a copy. 
I think the yeah. reason for that is the catch of needing prime meat. I'm pretty sure you can just feed it regular meat, so. Right. Yeah, true, but still, it should not take four days to raise a compy. Like, I mean, come on. That's I mean, just... vultures and dimorphodons, they take, what, 24 hours, a little over that? Yeah, they take like a day. Uh, I can see them boosting it up to two. Two, I can understand. You know, especially, you know, the fact that they travel so quickly from baby to juvenile. Okay, so extending that out a little bit, okay, I can understand that. Wildcard, don't you dare get any ideas from this conversation. <laughs> Keep the timers as they are right now. But I'm saying I could understand the logic. The logic behind copies oh, well, just right escapes just escapes my attention. You hush, Trog. You hush, 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 hush. I invoke the power of the walking stick. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but it sounded good. So, imprinting, it, it, there's only three stats imprinting increases. Health, weight, and melee. Nope. It does increase, uh, increases stamina and movement No, it speed. does not. Yes, it, it does. does. Uh, speed, does speed it does. Stamina, speed. it does not. Stamina, it does. But that's, it's not as noticeable. Uh, that's the thing. I recorded the process with the Rexes. Stamina never went up for any of them. That's odd because the stamina, the, stam the stamina on my ankle did increase. That is I'd like really to throw weird. in that the Wyvern's stamina hasn't actually gone up as far as I'm aware. So maybe they patched it or something? Because we did maybe? do we did do these raisings, the Giga and the Anklo, right. uh, several patches ago. So that could be something that they went back and fixed. But I did but, forget about the speed. So our Rex bloodline... 8,000 health, 850 weight, 308 melee. With 100% imprinting, it went up to 10,560 health, 1,018 weight, 367 melee, 119 speed. And that's without rider bonuses? And that's without the rider bonus. Unless, of course, Sean jumped on it. Because, you know, he's a boss. He can just ride 15 Rexes all at the same time. I raced five Rexes he's got simultaneously. A it was not fun to do. No, no, no. He's He's got it set up like a sleigh ride. What he is is he gets in the caboose of a train, and then he just has them all leashed out in front of him, and he rides them out. <laughs> on little arms, on big head, on big tooth, on little toenail. Oh, just don't expect geez. him to feed him. Oh. <laughs> Inside joke for all our listeners. So, all of a sudden, I don't feed our dinos. I let them starve. It's yeah, he fault. said it. You heard it. He said it. He said it. It's recorded. You had we got it proof. Us. We got even though proof. every day, it even is. though every day, I'm spending hours just going out. Well, no, 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 no. I say hey, I invoke rule forty-two. I invoke Rule 42. Your, if it's on nickname. the internet, it must be true. Your nickname shall be Sean Lean Cuisine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all. That's it. Love it. All I hey, say. I said nothing. Hey, Love it. hey we're going to rename his next dino he raises to Slim Fast. <laughs> so, um, are there any other tips and tricks we've got for our listeners out there that you guys can think of? Uh, oh, I, I think I that, um, anyone who is familiar with raising, just know that the new shiny wyverns are a whole different uh, basket of oh, apples. Yes. Because you cannot stockpile food, you do have to continuously be hunting for it. So, unless you're in a big group, you definitely want to um, approach that one with caution. Yes. Uh, a good idea would be to uh, Planet has been born. Be nice, be nice to your neighbors, basically, and work out a deal. You know, it's it's all well and good that we built a wyvern trap and everything else. 
for smaller groups, a wyvern trap might not be as good, and they also might not have the capabilities of keeping somebody there for extended hours in order to keep the wyverns loaded in. So we can just routinely go over there and knock them out. You know, it's one of those things, okay, if you get good with your neighbors, you know, quit pro pro, you help them, they help you. You might be able to get the wyvern milk that way, especially if you're just doing a batch of one wyvern apiece per group. Yeah. For context, uh, at this point, my alternate account has been sitting at the wyvern pen for 67 hours in a row. <laughs> just to prevent it from despawning so yep. here's here's another good tip if you have to leave your baby down for a long time whether it's to sleep go to work you know something like that have a lot of cooked meat on hand because it uh, doesn't take as long to spoil yes uh also make sure you've got its inventory if you if you know it's going to be a long time like say it's right before you go to sleep and you immediately have to get up to go to work uh if you don't have time to you know if you worry about not having time to actually go check its food, both in the trough and in its inventory, before you go to work, make sure you load its inventory up with the cooked meat. If nothing else, make sure it's full on that, because that right there, the cooked meat will last longer because it gets increased time, spoilage timers when it's inside the dino's inventory. Whereas in the food trough, it gets the normal timers. So make sure you do that. That's a good tip that a lot of people forget about, is the fact that they forget that once they reach juvenile, they just start putting everything into the food trough. They fail to remember to put it inside the dino's inventory as a backup. Yes. What's great about now is uh, the fish meat. It lasts even longer, raw and cooked. But the problem is it they go through it a lot faster because they don't yes. have to drop near as much hunger. But mm -hmm. spoilage timer, it's really useful. So I would say probably best bet, put cooked meat into a food trough, put cooked fish meat into the dino's inventory. Well, with the, the current crop of dinos, I'm raisin at the moment so last night when i decided to go to bed i just threw a bunch of raw fish meat onto their inventories filled up the troughs with just raw meat three troughs i'm currently raising two quetzals four rexes at the same time so i filled up three troughs of raw meat filled up all their inventories with raw fish meat because raw fish meat boils every 50 minutes or an hour it's got a pretty long timer now i noticed when i woke up in the morning they ate the fish meat that was in their inventories and when that was done, they started working on the troughs. So the troughs were still pretty full, had barely been touched. So while they were in stasis, they were eating from the inventories of fish meat. Well, that's oh. true because they, they don't have to drop near as much hunger. They're going to eat whatever they can eat the fastest. So right, but it's not taking a... much. Right. Well, I but... noticed, well, it is true that uh, just Donalds in general will prioritize eating the fish meat first. But normally they'll prioritize eating the, from the trough rather than their inventory. Mm -hmm. Is it the mechanics of the game at the moment where the devs might have to fix that? Possible, but I think that just comes down to what fills their food the fastest and the quickest, which would okay. be the fish meat. That's right. what I can think of would be the most logical choice because, honestly, the uh, dinos and everything else... You know, they, it, once they drop their food, they eat whatever's the fastest. Mm -hmm. So if they got a choice between regular meat or fish meat, they're going to go for fish meat, regardless of where it is. It's kind of like uh, seagulls. Seagulls prioritize eating fish meat above anything else, and they'll eat the raw fish meat first and then eat cooked fish meat because the cooked fish meat get, uh, takes more hunger for them to drain. I did that. Uh, the other day in our base, Arthos had cooked fish meat in the uh, food trough, and they still had some raw fish meat in their inventory from when I went out harvesting for organic polymer. Right. The raw fish meat was uh, completely gone, but the cooked fish meat was still in the food trough. They hadn't eaten all the way through it, but their inventories were completely empty. 
Indeed. So another tip, obviously, is if you want to imprint these babies and try and get 100%, you got to make sure you have every kind of kibble on hand ready to go. Or as much as you have available to you. Yeah, because they'll ask anything from Dota kibble to Gallimimus and Terrorbird kibble, which is really, really annoying. It's a good thing they did finally fix the glitches. Uh, talking about updates, and they'll say recently updated the fact that Dinos no longer ask for Giga Kibble. Giga Kibble does not exist. We cannot make it. <laughs> so, thank you, devs, for finally listening all these months later after you've already introduced the Giga and the whole kibble feeding to the baby imprinting. Because there were a lot of people who were failing to get 100% imprinting because guess what? Their baby Dino would be like, hey, guess what I want? The thing you can't make. Feed me. <laughs> Babies are so <laughs> damn picky. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really good. Uh, another tip is, uh, let's say, thorny dragons, for instance. All right, thorny dragons are found on scorched earth. Now, you would think if you brought it back to the island, they would only ask for kibble from scorched earth. Well, they fixed it to where wherever you're raising the baby dino at, whether it be the island map or scorched earth server on that map. It will ask for whatever kibble is on that map. Oh, so you don't I have missed to... that update. Yeah, they put that in there. They've recently fixed that because there were people who were raising baby dinos, such as Anklos, where they can't use kibble to yep. 100% kibble tame them. So they did the best they could with medjo berries and crops. So a lot of people were taking off and saying, okay, well, we're just going to breed these two high-level Anklos together and just start working on a bloodline immediately just to get levels. But the Anklos were asking for kibble back on the island. So it was like, okay, now this is completely useless now because they were asking for things that we could not bring to them they're mm -hmm. asking for kibble that is on the island we can't bring island stuff currently forced earth so with that being in effect they couldn't get 100 percent imprint now they fixed it to where if you're raising the ankle on scorched earth it will only ask for the kibble on scorched earth it will not ask for kibble that's back on the island so small blessing there wildcard actually fixed a weird glitch and actually made it beneficial to the players now, if only they could fix the Quetzal's glitching, that would be much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, when it comes to the podcast, it's a weekly podcast, obviously. And by the time you hear next week's podcast, we record every Tuesday and we try to put it out every Wednesday, Thursday for you to listen to. We'll be working on our third batch of wyverns, <laughs> if all goes according to plan. God, you are, well, actually, you really uh, do want us to go into the uh, same asylum. After these ones are grown, we're going to. Uh, I, I, I want. Uh, I, I want to give uh, Zach two days of proper sleep before yes. he kills himself. So I would say let's let's wait a full week before we attempt the whole wyvern raising scheme again. Well, at least a few of these wyverns won't be imprinted. So <laughs> true, but true. still having to constantly. Well, let, let's be honest. The the reason why. This is so difficult for us right now is that we don't have a stasis base to put them in for Scorcher. So they're going through the food a lot faster. Oh, no, it's not the food the, that's the our food problem, wouldn't last anyway. It's not the food. We are doing fine keeping them fed. Food is yeah, still 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 last anyway, so stasis base isn't it. that helpful. Our problem is the imprinting and the fact that, I mean, luckily no, no. we've got people all across the globe working on this with yeah. us. So I'm just saying that, you know, the next batch, we should just forgo for imprinting just to make it easier on us to raise. Oh, yeah. Right. Food, that's just the thing. Food is not really uh, so much of a problem, except for sometimes uh, when, you know, because you could need to feed them because they're running out of food. 
and then have them want more milk. Right, That's right. It's the only time we even remotely run into problems with food production so far. And with everybody else raising uh, wyverns there, tell some pursuing milk, a lot of people are using, you know, the alpha wyvern to set their uh, milk needs and everything. So we can't reliably rely on, you know, the alpha wyvern, even though it does spawn in every 30 minutes. Other people are out hunting killed. for it. There, Other people are also hunting for it as well for its milk. So we can't reliably rely on that one as uh, to help with uh, big broods or big yeah. batches of them. And things have been going pretty well for us on the Scorched Earth server. We're working hand alongside other tribes at the moment when it comes to raising wyverns. Is that correct? I have, yes. See, I'm not uh, active on Scorched Earth right now. I had to go back to the island, our island server, to do to take care uh, of things. So I do the know... political landscape has changed since I've been on. I think Burnouts has helped us a little bit with the uh, alpha wyverns because, uh, or not the alpha wyverns, but with raising wyverns because we warned them about an alpha wyvern that flew up out of the world scar and headed in their base's directions. Mm -hmm. uh, they ended up giving us some of the wyvern milk because uh, they found out we were raising wyverns, so they gave us some of that milk uh, from that no. kill. I hydration think, has also been I, a big yes. help to us. Yeah, yeah, hydration. They yeah, the first batch of wyverns, pretty much. Yeah, they they've been helping out tremendously with that too. And then ourselves, we're helping out another tribe who's on their very first batch of wyverns with being able to uh, get milk reliably. Right. So, Wish they wouldn't take it all. <laughs> it was a, it, it was a mistake. It was a mistake, yeah, yeah, and was. they've they've apologized. So I mean, that's it's like at least they owned up to it. A lot yeah, of people they, wouldn't. Yeah, they probably would have been like, I don't know what oh happened to it. It must have despawned or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, let's put it this way. If they hadn't owned up to it, there would have been turrets around that thing next time they showed up. Player only. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's safe to say it's nice that so many of the tribes on the server are helping each other out. I would say it's nice that the fighting has definitely calmed down quite a bit uh, more. Unfortunately, we're still dealing with the, oca uh, with the occasional... Uh, uh, DDoS uh, and Mercs. Uh, well, uh, the, well, they don't one, do us the one uh, Merc who's, uh, well, uh, I've been getting, I've been seeing reports from uh, allies, and I just got a very interesting report from, I'm not really sure what to call them right now, but um, former blood enemies? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, people that literally, like, wish to be dead in real life for <laughs> that happened. Oh, God. <laughs> and now they're giving me a report about friend. the Raiders. <laughs> It's pretty much for us uh, in Frozen Throne. We've had some of our old <laughs> adversaries show up on this server, and we're we're trying to mend fences as it were. It's a different server know, than it was last yeah. time. We, yeah, it's a different server. It's a do -over. Starting over. It's a do-over. It's a chance to try and you know mend some of the damage history. Don't yes. really need to be enemies anymore. Exactly. Friends. We're all we're all struggling here. It's gonna take. A, it's still gonna be a little while yet, even with the wyverns raising and everything else. It, I mean, things will happen, and that's the best way to describe it. Indeed. All right, so I think it's time to close out Episode 7 of the Archaeologist Digest podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening and watching us on YouTube. If you like what you heard, feel free to like and subscribe to the channel. So goodbye and stay alive, survivors. And remember, $1, Bob Barker, $1. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs>